across the galaxy. This is where conspiracy on the wild side meets the perspective of a lifetime. This is the Free Zone with your host, Freeman. Hello and welcome to the Free Zone. Well, the idea of a new world order has been around for decades. It really came to light on 9-11-1990 when George H.W. Bush announced there will be a new world order. It was so creepy, wasn't it? And there will be. Uh, it just sends shivers down my spine. Why has no one noticed this forming around us? I mean, how do you take out half the population and then herd the rest of them into human habitat zones? Well, we saw fires in the Amazon, California, Australia, massive earthquakes, food shortages all around. And if you think you could just escape this, run off into the woods and try and find a place outside of the human habitat zones, well, just remember they have parasitic rabbits, deer with mad disease, mad cow, deer, bubonic squirrels, meat processing going down with COVID, they're leaving you no place to run. Why haven't people realized that this is all part of this story, of this agenda? Can, can they not see that they're being herded? Well, there's been one person out there for quite some time trying to make this message known. Rosa Kaur. She's the author of Behind the Green Mask, the UN Agenda 21. She's an international activist for individual rights and free speech, has exposed the local face of the United Nations Agenda 21 and shown activists how to identify and fight it locally. This is so critical. She has so many popular videos and gained millions of views on YouTube as she speaks around the world. Rosa's message of hope and encouragement has helped to activate the worldwide resistance movement against this technological superstate. She blogs regularly at her website, Democrats against UN Agenda 21.com. So please welcome to the free zone, Rosa Kaur. Whoop, here I am. There you are. I'm <laughs> <laughs> finding that mute button. Uh, yeah. Well, Rosa. It's, it's amazing to me that it's taken this long, but I'm, I, for people to start to recognize that this is a New World Order agenda, that there are uh, these factions that are setting up this whole plan, and finally, it seems like they have shown their hand, and maybe, maybe now, people are ready to listen. How do you mm -hmm. feel about that? You know, it's incredible because uh, it's, a, it's sort of a two-headed coin in a way. Uh, uh, no matter where you flip it, it's kind of a bad, bad sign because, in fact, uh, this is one reason why I called my book Behind the Green Mask because they've kept this mask for such a long time, for decades, many, you know, decades. In fact, if you go back to the 1880s. Uh, but the thing is, is that now that the mask is coming off, people are becoming aware. And I think that uh, this is what's, you know, it's, it's terrifying. People are frightened. They don't really know what to do. They don't see what's happening. They don't understand. And you can't blame uh, people at all because, uh, you know, the press is, the media is, is owned and manipulated and their school systems are manipulated and every all the information they're getting is is uh is masking the the whole plan so when people see it they see it kind of as you would in that sort of um 
the proverb about the elephant where there's an elephant in the room with blind men and everyone's grabbing some different part of it and trying to describe it. It's all, you know, it, it's, it's kind of hard to get a look at the real big picture on this, but that's kind of what I try to help people do. And I am encouraged. I think that uh, many, many more people, millions of us are becoming aware all the time and people are looking around and just and meeting and connecting with each other and talking about what they can do. It's a nefarious plan. As I was outlining, the, the burning of California, the Amazon, Australia, these were clearly attacks on humanity. I mean, it's really hard to get rich people to move out of sections you want them to get out of. So you just need to burn down their their houses with directed energy weapons, burn all the forest, kill a billion animals in Australia. Uh, then if that's not enough, let's just throw in some plagues and a couple of, and some riots so that you definitely just want to get out or let's mandate masks for everyone in this state. And they're running in droves. Mm -hmm. Well, this is a failed state model. And the, uh, the terms that you want to you know, that you want to look at as guideposts for what's happening are transform and disrupt. And so that's what this plan does. It transforms and disrupts the existing nation state. So uh, Agenda 21, I just want to, you know, kind of give my definition of what Agenda 21 is, because a lot of times people hear that term and, uh, you know, regardless of where you are in the world, um, you might, a lot of times people think, oh, that's just something that the Americans are worried about, or that's not happening here, or uh, I don't see the UN in my town, or this sounds like some conspiracy theory. You know, basically you're going to hear that. But it's an actual plan. Uh, Agenda 21 is the comprehensive blueprint. It's the plan of action that was agreed to by 178 countries plus the Holy See back in 1992 in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. And the United States was one of the, uh, the parties that agreed. It wasn't something they signed. You can't find a signed document. It was agreed to by consensus. And, um, and that's a, a term that we're gonna talk about uh, in a minute. So what it is, it's a plan of action to inventory and control all resources. Uh, so that's uh, all means of production, all systems, all energy, all education, all water, all plants, all minerals, all animals, all, uh, you know, all human beings, everything in the world. And the goal is to integrate and unify the governance of the world to a single body. And so uh, they need an ideology to make that happen, right? And they've been, you know, this plan has been, you know, okay, so you're going to ask me who they is, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But this plan has been Actually, um, you know, you might say it's an old plan. It's as old as Hannibal crossing the Alps or, you know, Alexander or, you know, uh, uh, any, every warrior, every, every Napoleon has wanted to conquer the world. That's not an unusual thing. What, uh, what's happening now in the modern world is that the technological capability has caught up with the ambition. And uh, the elimination of the nation state is a goal because that will establish a single body. So it's necessary to have people think of themselves as a global citizen. This is part of the ideological um, sort of uh, behavioral modification that has to happen to make this plan work because 
you know, think about this in the 1950s, uh, whatever you want to say about the 1950s, you know, uh, there was plenty wrong with the way things were going in the U.S., but people had a strong um, connection with their country and with their, with their nation state. And one of the things about the nation state that's important is that you have a voice in the nation state. And I know you're going to say you don't really have a voice, that your vote doesn't matter, that who cares whether it's, you know, A or B. But uh, in the super state, in the single world order, single body, you literally have no voice at all. And if you don't have a voice locally, it's because you're not exercising it. So, um, so the ideology then, it makes you think of yourself as a global citizen. And that's kind of taught you from the time you're in pre-kindergarten all the way to postgraduate school and beyond. The media is totally connected with that, totally, uh, um, connect, totally committed to that is what I really mean to say. And it pervades all of our propaganda, all of our media outlets, um, you know, in including the whole uh, climate change story, because, of course, it's necessary to think of yourself in terms of the entire planet, right? So you need a global crisis. And global crisis, uh, of course, it demands a global response, and that justifies global governance. So uh, what that means then is that uh, you, you, know, you need a crisis, right? So the perfect crisis for a while was climate change. And uh, then of course COVID is a perfect crisis because it's, uh, it's shut down the world. So this is uh, a transfer of the functions of government to non-governmental organizations and regional bodies. And it kind of, um, that's how it you know, takes away your voice because basically it goes around law, it makes policy and it literally um, determines how your life will be. And so that's kind of what we're going to get into, you know, really going to drill down on that today. But I do want to say that it is a revolutionary movement and all revolutionary movements use manipulation and control. And they all start with an ideology. And the ideology for this movement is that it's all for the common good. And that's very common ideology. You'll see it with uh, Marxism. You see it with, um, Nazism, all, all dictatorships uh, talk about the common good because they, you know, this is the mask, the green mask or the plan that is going to uh, you know, basically convert you into, uh, well, I don't know, uh, if you survive this, you'd be converted into a, a, a servant of the plan. A bio robot. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think that. I think that there's no need for human beings. And I think that we can talk about that, but I think there is, that is where technology has moved us to the point where, you know, the pharaohs, you know, whatever, you may have some idea that they, all the rocks got moved by, you know, aliens or whatever, but let's just drop that for a minute and just say they needed the slaves to move all those rocks. At this point, there's no need for the human being. They're really moving forward with robotics and artificial intelligence to the point that we are just a nuisance. And uh, I think this is, a, this is a test run, keeping you in your house, uh, keeping you isolated, um, getting you used to that universal connectivity with that device that you have, with the many devices you have around you, uh, training you so that when virtual reality becomes very affordable and, in fact, it's just handed to you, that you're going to spend your life, the rest of it, uh, behind a pair of goggles. And, uh, you know, you won't care what's going on around you because you're going to be able to dial up whatever fantasy 
uh, vision that you've got going. So that's my dystopian vision for what happens if we don't get off it and get on with it and start doing something about it now. No doubt about it. I'll tell you, my first day in, in college, the first thing they handed me was Limits to Growth by the Club of Rome. Yeah, that had a huge influence on my life. I was 16 years old when uh, the Club of Rome's um, Limits to Growth came out. That was the first book built on modeling. And it was a... Um, you know, it basically said that the earth had exceeded its care, it was about to exceed its carrying capacity and that we were having too many children, that there was a population explosion and that we needed to stop having kids. So, uh, and around that same exact time, um, birth control came out. So we all had a great time and uh, nobody had kids and a whole lot of people did not have children. And, uh, and we were influenced by that tremendously. And of course, now you know that uh, uh, the population is not growing. In fact, many countries, in fact, if not most, I think the only country that is actually exceeding the, uh, the, um, you know, the, the, the replacement growth is India and just by a very slight number. So uh, we're not replacing our populations. We are actually uh, losing population. And I think that will begin to happen much, at a much faster rate. Don't even need the vaccine, right? Just... behavioral adjustments and everybody's on their way and like you were saying this is uh soft law it's policy it's not uh it's not politics it's it's soft law that keeps this going moving forward regulations Mm -hmm. yeah you know i i want to that's i'm I'm glad you asked me that or mentioned that because it's really important because you know, occasionally, um, you know, you're going to get people who still uh, will mock the idea of Agenda 21. They're going to say, they'll, you know, of course, there's a pop-up that comes up on every one of my interviews and videos. And, and it's, uh, it says that it's a Wikipedia pop-up, and it says that Agenda 21 is the uh, comprehensive plan of action, non-binding, uh, voluntary plan. Okay, and that is true. But uh, as I told you, in the United States, you know, 178 nations plus the Holy See agreed to it in 1992. So that was George H.W. Bush in the United States, and that was in June of 1992. Of course, you know the election was in November of 92, and Clinton took office in January of 1993. And six months later, at the anniversary of the uh, Agenda 21 uh, uh, agreement in Rio de Janeiro, Uh, So in 1993, Clinton created the President's Council on Sustainable Development, and that was tasked with getting Agenda 21 into every single state, uh, city, county, municipality in the United States, including the federal government, of course. And it was made up, it ran for uh, six years from 93 to 99, and it uh, included 10 cabinet-level secretaries including education, EPA, transportation, okay, <clears throat> excuse me, defense and others. And um, so they gave a $5 million grant to the American Planning Association uh, to write a, uh, to come up with a, a, a book, a 12 pound book of sample ordinances, laws and policies for all of the planning departments around the United States so that they would uh, be able to just have this basic box of laws that they could open up and, um, and use to implement sustainable development. And that is what this plan is. It's Agenda 21 Sustainable Development. Uh, so they, you know, they could implement that locally. Because this is a global plan 
but it's implemented locally. And sustainable development, you know, I know a lot of people, obviously, the words now have really permeated our consciousness. And we really think that it's such a good thing. It's, you know, how could you not want to be sustainable? And yes, there are too many people and all, you know, all these things. There's not enough. There's not enough. Well, sustainable development was a term that was coined or actually codified in 1987 at, um, uh, at the United Nations. The um, World Commission on Environment and Development uh, commissioned a book, and it's called um, Our Common Future. <laughs> Spaced out for a minute there. It's called Our Common Future, and that's where they define sustainable development. And that's development that, check this out, it's development that meets the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their needs. Well, that sounds like a great idea, right? I mean, who would wanna uh, compromise the ability of future generations to meet their needs? No one wants to do that, I don't think, um, unless you're some kind of a psychopath or whatever. So, all right, but of course, then they said, yes, everything we're doing now does actually threaten the ability of future generations to meet their needs. And that was what sustainable development implementation was about. That's what Agenda 21 is. It's five years later, they came up with the document that would basically get uh, you know, this plan into the world. And I do wanna say that the plan itself is a green mask. If you order that and get it from the United Nations, you're gonna get a 400, uh, 300 page, 40 chapter book. That doesn't sound that bad. You know, it really, it's like, hey, What's wrong with this? They want to empower women and children and the poor and, you know, formerly un powerless people, indigenous people, and they want to, right? That's what it looks like when you look at it. But really, what this plan is about, it's about deindustrialization and restricting your access and use of land, water, and energy, and limiting your movement and of course, your free speech and your independence. That is really what the plan is about. If you look at the plan itself, first of all, back in 1992, if you calculated the full cost of what it would have taken to implement this plan, uh, I think at that time it was like six billion. Now it's now if you were to convert that to twenty twenty dollars, it'd be over well over a trillion and a half. And I think that uh, you know, so one of the things it did, of course, is to transfer funds from the developed nations to the lesser developed nations and transfer data. And when, okay, now it's necessary to look at this in terms of the technological super state because 9-11 was the security state. That's what implemented the security state. COVID is a surveillance state implementation. It's been, you know, of course, worked on for a long time, but this is the full rollout now that we're getting a look at. And uh, the plan itself, Agenda 21, is about data sharing and, uh, and basically uh, allowing for um, technological implementation in every part of the world. So this is really what, uh, when you read about the United Nations and other, other entities talking about universal connectivity, that's what they mean. They're not talking about getting uh, every little African kid uh, a bowl of rice. They're talking about getting him uh, an iPad. And uh, so, you know, that's the panopticon. That is the way to actually, you know, control the entire planet. And that's, that's where we're at right now. And so that's a good way to frame it and to take a look at how things are being implemented and the purpose of it. So when they're saying they're going to launch all of the Starlink satellites out to make sure that farmers can get Wi-Fi, uh, <laughs> we're, mm -hmm. 
we're looking at that very thing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this isn't, you know, in fact, um, one of my favorite people at the moment is Shoshana Zuboff, who wrote Surveillance Capitalism, which I admit I have not read, but I did watch a wonderful uh, interview with her, and um, she's a Harvard professor, and I'm sure she probably, uh, you know, I'd like to be interviewed with her because I'm pretty sure she doesn't know anything about Agenda 21, but she's talking about it, even though she doesn't know about it. And uh, she talks about the, you know, basically that this, it's not so much that, uh, you know, that Google at all are creating or are collecting your stuff for sale. They're just basically, um, you know, collecting all of your data to have all of your data to, for tracking purposes. And this is what you're going to see, of course, you know, that is the panopticon. Um, and so IBM is in biometrics. And of course, you know that IBM worked directly with the Nazis, actually created a wholly owned subsidiary during World War II in Germany in order to be able to track all of the, um, all of the prisoners. Uh, those arms, those tattoos on their arms were not just, you know, your number one and your number two. Those were numbers that were connected to IBM um, uh drives that were there in Germany. So IBM is very powerful in biometrics and also in smart cities. And uh, you'll find also another uh, Nazi corporation, Siemens Corporation, also very powerful in, uh, in this uh, tracking, also in uh, creating the city, the city of the future, the smart city, and in uh, transportation, high-speed uh, high transportation. Uh, all of this, you know, everything is connected. So, you know, when I, regardless of what I'm talking about, I'm always talking about United Nations Agenda 21 Sustainable Development because it's a plan, globalization is the plan to um, standardize all systems in the world. So when you, because you can't, you cannot have centralized surveillance and centralized control without standardization. So that's what globalization really is all about. It's about standardizing law, education, energy, healthcare, all information, all you know, design of buildings, uh, city design and control, everything, transportation. It's all about making it so that it can be centrally controlled. So um, you might have, uh, to give you an example of what, uh, what the ultimate plan is, of course, the plan is to uh, move everyone into dense city centers so they can be more easily managed, controlled, and surveilled. But the existing city centers are not really, uh, you know, the ideal situation in terms of the way this plan is to be managed. It's uh, digital cities is the goal. And uh, for an example of that, you can look at a plan which um, was attempted but was blocked by citizens in Toronto, Canada. Uh, It was a plan by Sidewalk Labs, which is a um, subsidiary of Google, of Alphabet. Actually, Alphabet's the parent corporation of both Google and Sidewalk Labs. And Sidewalk Labs created this, um, basically, a city from the ground up in, you know, on paper, okay? And it was a redevelopment project that they partnered with Toronto. And uh, it was to be um, basically some, the fantasy city of the future where every step you took on that sidewalk would be tracked where every communication you had, every delivery, every, uh, everywhere you went, every, everything you did, everything you bought would be tracked. And the way the town is designed was that it was a full total surveillance plan, obviously, uh, and you would only get services if you agreed to have your, um, you'd only get full services if you agreed to have your 
uh, information linked to your identity. Um, now, a group uh, came. A, a group recognized what was you know what was wrong with this, obviously, and uh, uh, hashtag block sidewalk came up and really got some great traction and stopped this plan. And uh, but it's the and of course the, the thing that uh, sidewalk labs didn't tell people was that not only did they intend to do it in a sort of a, a, a limited area, which I think the redevelopment area at that time was uh, like 300 acres or 500 acres or something like that. But they actually had intended to expand it to the entire area and it would have been well over a thousand acres. That's the size of the city. So, um, okay, so the thing that's really important to know about this plan is that it's not just a plan. It's, it's not just an idea. It's a physical plan as well. And the physical plan empowers the city-state because an interim step to eliminating the nation-state is to um, uh, go to regionalization. And that empowers regions. And uh, so, you know, we think we know what a region is, but it's a, really it's a conglomeration of major economic power centers. And, uh, and it empowers certain large, powerful cities like, say, Los Angeles, New York, um, uh, Seattle, San Francisco, uh, Vancouver, um, as a single unit. And, uh, and it actually empowers those. They get, they are driving the economy. They will overpower the nation state. And that's the design of this plan. That is the interim step to full globalization is regionalization. Absolutely. And, uh, I got two places I want to go with that, but uh, uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I kind of made you uh, talking too much. No, no, no. It's, it's fantastic. No, please uh, feel free. Uh, I'll only be throwing in <laughs> weird side comments anyway. Uh, but Obama did name finally the the regional council of governors. And do you have any knowledge of the the council of governors? No, I don't. Um, do you want to tell me about it? Um, I probably have to Wikipedia, <laughs> okay. honestly. Okay. <laughs> well, I, I could. Yeah. I, how about if I tell you a few things that okay, are? Well, um, <laughs> yeah, that was okay. that was one of those uh, those <laughs> things lingering in the background. As we know that there's the mm -hmm. idea of the regions of the ten yeah. regions. Yeah. And, okay. And I want to talk about that for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So let's think about this for a minute. Now uh, I know about those ten re regions, and so do a lot of people. You can find a map. It's from I can't remember post World War II, and it divides the country into ten uh, pieces. You know, ten lines dividing the the country. This is not that. What this is going to be more like is uh, the plan. The Agenda Twenty One plan is is a two part plan. The plan is for smart growth, which empowers the cities, moves people into dense city centers, and the Wildlands Project, which gets people off of the rural areas and out of the suburban areas so that the plants and animals can have a free and happy life. That's the story. That's the green mask. It's the, it's the hijacking of the environmental movement. That's the utopia. All, uh, re all revolutionary movements have a utopian uh, you know, candy coating. And then you get to the hard center of uh, austerity and scarcity and, uh, and restriction. So, uh, so the candy coating on this is that, you know, everything, all the animals, Bambi's going to be real happy out there and everything's going to be cool and we're going to stop messing up the planet. 
and uh, we're going to you know constrict people into islands of human habitation and that's actually a term a united nations term islands of human habitation and these are things i just want to do an aside comment here which is that this stuff totally sounds ridiculous to most normal people you listen to this stuff and you think nah there is no way that this stuff's going to happen i am not going to worry about this this is not happening it's just some you know, this is uh, people always have stupid ideas, and I don't have to worry. Well, the thing is, yeah, you're right. People do always have stupid ideas, and this stuff always. You know, there are many people who, uh, you know, have ideologies, and many people come up with stories and books and fantasies. But this one, really, uh, what you can do is kind of reverse engineer a little bit on this. Um, if you did want to rule the world in the modern time, how would you go about doing it? Now, you definitely don't want to destroy the hardscape because that's what's got value, right? The people really don't have uh, as much value, and I want to go into value, human value in a minute, but you, want to you don't want to go in there and bomb the world because you're going to ruin it. So uh, in order to control it, you're going to use uh, ideology, you're going to use the schools, uh, the media, you're going to um, spend years changing the uh, you know behaviorally conditioning the populace to think of themselves as global citizens to can eliminate I, the nation state go ahead can i throw yeah. something in on that yeah sure uh -huh. because it, it is these fascist corporations back when you were talking about the nazis i was thinking about mm -hmm. this uh you know it is the fascist corporate masters that are keeping everybody in their masks and and social distancing oh, yeah. and all of that but here's the thing, you know, I, I grew up in Orlando, which was the first point of light in the thousand point of light system mm. from HW. And of uh, growing up, my mom knew Walt Disney, worked for him. And I was one of the very first people to walk into Epcot, the experimental prototype city of tomorrow, right? Mm -hmm. And then they have Celebration Florida where you get to right. live like a yeah, freak. Uh, but as you uh, to, to show people how this has been engendered into us and, and how subtle it is. OK, so in Walt Disney, uh, the original Disney World, where uh, Space Mountain, as you ride this roller coaster and you go through your traumatization of the roller coaster, it may be exciting, but you're still in an altered state once you get off a roller coaster. They put you on this nice, smooth people mover where you just kind of coast along. And then Monsanto has everything set up for you to show you what your future was going to be. Yeah. Now, this is in the 70s, right? And they're mm -hmm. showing you distance learning. They're showing you your hydroponic garden in your kitchen. They're showing you yeah. uh, all of the things that were coming. And then the final step as you're leaving Space Mountain is all the cameras are pointed on you and you're on every screen. And, you know, so that's how subtle and how quickly and, and as a matter of fact, the the uh, big ball, the Bucky ball uh, spaceship Earth, I think they call it in in Epcot is sponsored mm -hmm. by Siemens. Right. You know, mm -hmm. it's got a big Siemens logo on there. And then they tell you exactly as you roll up through that thing, how they're going to dominate the world, how they took over the world with mathematics and art and how you are going to be in this new world future. And then as you are on this ride, the, the little screen on the back of the chair asks you about your favorite vacation. <laughs> and, and then it takes a picture of you, right? 
It totally, you know, so every single person, all the billions of people that have walked through Disney that gave their thumbprint, their credit card, their facial recognition to get in the gate. And then uh, you go up on this ride. It takes your picture. It asks you where you're from and asks you where you want to be. And then as you get off of the ride, the big bucky ball, Spaceship Earth by Siemens, uh, they, uh, your face goes flying off the cartoon of you at your favorite vacation your face flies off of that and flies over to this giant map on the wall that uh that you know shows exactly where you live now if this wasn't enough you can also pay an extra fee and have your face embedded laser etched into titanium and placed (laughs) out front uh, of this whole situation so that's that's guys oh, this man. is how this goes you know yeah right it's a small world after all exactly. isn't it exactly yeah i that's it you know i remember that and <sighs> uh and, and this that's one of the things you know the joke's on you because of course the plan always sounds good and of course the plan always is shown to you this is not some kind of a secret hidden plan. Uh, actually, it's, it's, it's right out there in plain sight. But so many, you know, as I was saying, people think, ah, that's crazy. You know, they're just thinking, oh, there's no possible way this thing is ever going to happen. And meanwhile, it's happening right around you. Um, you know, I mean, if you want to see uh, the Panopticon, for example, uh, there's no need for prisons. China has the Uyghurs effectively in prison by uh, having... Uh, cameras everywhere and sensors everywhere and this is you know i mean this is your future this is the sidewalk labs panopticon add in uh, weaponized street lights right Mm -hmm. right and you know citizen pick up your dog poop you know (laughs) i mean you've got that stuff is going on right now already i mean it it isn't as if you have to wait for some time into the future and i want to mention um you know uh Agenda 2030, because people always think that Agenda 2030 eclipses Agenda 21, and that there's no need, excuse me, there's no need to talk about Agenda 21 anymore. Um, Before we go there. Oh, good. Okay. uh, I I went ahead and I Googled the Council of Governors. Oh, good for you. Let me throw this into this so that it stays in the story. Okay. The Council of Governors was created by the National Defense Authorization Act, uh, Mm. FY 2008, and Mm. formally established by Executive Order 13528. It was issued January 11, 2010. The Council is intended to serve as a mechanism for governors and key federal officials to address matters pertaining to the National Guard, Homeland Defense, Mm. and defense support to civil authorities. The council consists of 10 governors appointed by the president, which Barack finally gave them names, uh, five from each party, and uh, to ensure the council appropriately represents all governors, the council co-chairs through the National Governors Association share documents for review, okay? The key issues of the council and governments, or governors, is catastrophic disaster response and recovery, cyber security, dual status command, ensuring the National Guard is valued, and federal budget discussions and military families. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. these seem to yeah. me to fit the, the puzzle perfectly for mm-hmm. having the regional governors. and. and- yeah, that, that's good. Um, 
And yes, that's right. And you know, the transportation system, the whole transportation system, it's really, uh, it's really for, uh, uh, to move the military. <clears throat> that was what it was funded for. Um, you know, because we didn't have a real transportation system beyond, uh, railroads until, uh, you know, the vehicle, until the cars, cars actually became ubiquitous and then mm, roads would just end and there was no connection from one to another. So that was what the national, um, transportation, uh, federal highways department was really about was, uh, being able to move the military through the country. Right. And, um, so yes. And, you know, uh, so the regional governors, of course, these regional groups, there's the national association of regional governments. And um, these are, uh, you know, there's the League of Cities, the International Association of Cities and Counties, the International uh, City and County Managers Associations. All of these are Agenda 21 groups, all of them. And uh, for regions, uh, you know, what I wanted to just get back to this for one sec, because we were talking about the 10 regions. What I want to say is that uh, those 10 regions are really not what the regions are. Um, not the regions that I'm talking about. The real power regions are going to be the regions uh, that are the major power centers, the major economic power centers. And these are not, you know, out in the middle of Nebraska. Um, what these power centers are, uh, if you want to take a look at them, you're going to have to use the Wayback Machine or go to my website, which is Democrats Against UN Agenda 21.com. And I'll talk about why it's called that. Um, and go to, uh, I think it's called One World, One Vision. Um, what you're going to see, uh, America2050.org, if you go to the Wayback Machine, um, when you take a look at that map, which is a, uh, a plan of the Rockefeller and Ford Foundations, um, it's the Regional Plan Association, what you see there is uh, actually uh, 11 mega regions. And those mega regions uh, are, are not like spread all the way across. They're not, you know, encompassing the entirety of the United States, uh, you know, landmass. What they are is um, you'll see the, uh, the northwestern one, which is called Cascadia, which includes part of Washington, part of Oregon, and part of British Columbia. And you'll see the northeast, which goes into Canada as well. Um, you'll see the... Um, Texas Triangle, which goes into Mexico. And uh, so these are the financial power centers that will, uh, uh, they're the temporary fiefdoms. They're the, this is global feudalism. It's the empo temporary empowerment. And uh, so you'll have global mayors, uh, you know, you'll have mayors that are identified and, uh, and elevated to, uh, to make international agreements. So when you see, uh, you know, and, and of course governors as well, because when you see sanctuary states and sanctuary cities, that is um, breaking federal law. Uh, and so the, you know, of course, you know, the Kyoto Treaty was not ratified by the United States. It's an international treaty, not ratified by the U.S., but 1,000 and like uh, 300 United States mayors agreed to it. So they, it, the, uh, this empowers mayors to... Um, to make international agreements. And that goes around the nation state. And these are mayors of super cities. And in fact, they will be uh, regional powerhouses that, uh, you know, there'll probably be some uh, minor princedoms, some fiefdoms where there's, you know, struggles over who's in power where. But this is the stepping stone to full regionalization. So I, I wanna say that um, there are 11 mega regions, but they don't include the entirety of the United States. 
you have a lot of areas that are called under 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 developing and underdeveloped areas which are basically the wildlands and those are areas that don't have uh, major cities major power centers and will be cleared out of human beings um, so that uh, people can be consolidated and concentrated into uh, into these rega, uh, uh, mega regions for data collection and surveillance and uh, you know into smart cities the uh, United Nations as well as other um, you know other entities predict that 80% of the world's population by 2050 will be in these smart cities no moving to South Dakota I guess <laughs> they right. were making that look so appealing except for <laughs> I've lived in North Dakota when my dad built nukes and I know of the 10 to 12 foot walls of snow that you have to live with in there mm -hmm. but you know South Dakota's uh, telling you that we're not we're not playing a part in this whole new world order and uh, it all came out when um, President Trump had his speech there at Mount Rushmore and the, the governor came out and basically said, everybody come to South Dakota. We won't charge mm -hmm. you taxes and we're not going to do any of this New World Order crap. Yeah, um, she's great. Yeah, I really like her. She's very pretty, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, so, yeah, that's great. And people, you know, that sort of segues into, and by the way, this is a worldwide plan. So, um, you know, you can be in a mega region in Europe, in Asia, in South America, uh, Latin America, all of Latin America, of course, has agreed to this plan. Um, and, uh, you know, so when you, when you kind of are looking for it, um, the plans have names. It's a, it's a global plan implemented locally. So, uh, and it's an actual plan. You can look at it and see what it looks like. Uh, and these plans are not, uh, you know, they, they, kind, they have a kind of a look to them that looks like a land use plan. And, uh, and it actually will regulate what you can do in your city center. And, you know, you might own land in your city center and you might think you can, you got a commercial piece of property and you think that you can, you know, put a nice little, you know, your, your business there, your little one-story business with, uh, you know, a, a parking lot behind it or whatever. But you're restricted in what you can do now. Um, the, the cities all over the United States and around the world have uh, created these transit-oriented development villages that have uh, zoning that actually supersedes what your existing zoning is. So when you go in there to get your permits to build that little building, uh, in fact, you find out that you can't just pick up a permit for whatever it is that you're zoned for. And this is important. I'm talking about Agenda 21 here. And you need to recognize that Agenda 21 is a local plan. So uh, it's called many different things all over the world, but it's all the same plan. So regardless of where you live, it's the same plan everywhere. So uh, you're, you're going to see it. You will see it as a design to, uh, to dense, densely to increase density in your city center, regardless of where you are at this point, because we're still in the collection business. We're still in the data collection and human collection business here of moving people um, into denser areas. So, of course, you're out in South Dakota. You've got your ranch out there, and you don't feel like, uh, moving to New York City, but you might be more willing to move into, um, you know, some larger city in the major capital city of South Dakota or Prairie or Pierre or whatever it is there, I don't know, um, or, or out of South Dakota into, you know, another local state because, in fact, you're finding out that your, your property taxes are not uh, supporting your, your services anymore 
or there's going to be a, a well monitor. You're going to have your water monitored that comes out of your well. Uh, you're not going to be able to move your goods to market. You're going to have your roads pulverized and turned to gravel. Your sheriff is not really a representative of the, of the, uh, the people, in fact. Uh, and that's one place where, you're, where you really want to push is that you want to have a sheriff that represents you. Um, you want to vet your sheriff. That's important. He's the most important, no important um, uh, law enforcement officer if you're out uh, in, in a rural area. That's, your, that's who you want to have protecting you. So you want to make sure who that is. So um, you're going to move into the city centers. You may have your weaponry out there. You've got your food. You've got your stuff. But um, chances are, uh, if you get uh, restrictions, you get fire, you're not able to get insurance because uh, you're, you know, you're in a fire area. All of California, uh, many, many states, you're not able to get insurance now if you're in a rural area. That means you have to pay cash for uh, the building, the property that you buy, and then it's not insured. So that's a big investment to lose. So that's how this plan gets you into city centers. And this is uh, the goal, interim goal. So now we get to the human value of Agenda 2030. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's, thanks for reminding me of Agenda 2030. I'm sorry, I get a little, I hope I'm not too fragmented for people. It's hard to keep all this stuff in a linear uh, you know, going in a linear fashion because it's all over and it and there's so many aspects to it. So you make a perfect sense. Good, I hope so. Agenda 2030 is uh, um, all right. So that's kind of you know that's the that's the one you see a lot. You know, that's the one that they they, they brought it out of the shadows back when I started talking about Agenda 21. And believe me, I was not the first. Um, you were called a conspiracy theorist, tinfoil hat, crazy nut. Uh, there's no such thing as Agenda 21, you're a fan, you know, right, all the stuff. And then you'd hold the book up in your hand and they'd go, oh, they had Agenda 21. Oh, no, that's a good thing. Oh, we didn't know you meant that. Okay, so now, all right, so what is Agenda 21? It is the agenda for the 21st century, all right? Now, I know you're smart enough to know that a century is 100 years long. Agenda 21 is the agenda for the 21st century got nothing to do with 2021 and uh, agenda and agenda 2030 is a milestone year is a 30 year check in year it's uh, it's one of those important check in years just like 2020 so 2020 2030 2035 in some cases in 2050 are your big years those are your big milestone years they expect this plan to be all wrapped up by 2050 and a whole lot of us are going to be dead by 2050 so, uh, and primarily a lot of people who are uh, older, obviously, who are, uh, I'm just talking about people who may die of uh, natural causes, um, who are, uh, remember what it means to be free, who are, are active, who vote, who, who want to be involved. Uh, a lot of those people will be dead by then. So, you know, this is the time to get active. So Agenda 2030 um, has kind of, you know, embraced a lot of, uh, you know, You've got your celebrities talking about the sustainable development goals right now and stuff. Now, cool it is. That's all a green mask. It always sounds good. As I say, the plan always sounds good. It's the candy coating. If it didn't sound good, he wouldn't go along with it. But the reality is what you're seeing now with COVID, with the surveillance state. So you're seeing tracking and reporting. You're seeing uh, mental health and physical health records uh, to be shared through telemedicine. Telemedicine. Children's biometrics being taken, 
and the whole concept that human beings are the enemy, that everyone is, is dangerous to you, and that uh, you, can't, you can't trust anyone. And, uh, and so this, is, you know, this involves then creating that fear of rejection that people have naturally and uh, re- sort of pushing them into that mob empowerment mentality or to, into hiding. So, uh, you know, if you want to see what that really looks like, I invite you, I implore you to uh, look up the Red Guards in China, Mao's Red Guards. Just look that up and take a look at that. Those were normal, supposedly normal college kids who became, you know, sort of like the, uh, the Stanford Prison Project, where they, they gave young students a permission to be jailers, and they abused other students who were um, who were prisoners at Stanford. You know, this was a prison, uh, Stanford prison project. Well, it was happened for real in, uh, in China, where they basically, Mao said to the students, hey, go for it. Anybody who's, you know, still harboring the old way, destroy them. And they did. And this is the failed state, disrupt, transform. This is what's, what it's really about, is destroying the existing system. And that takes a lot of doing. And that's where we're at right now. Makes me think of de Blasio's daughter, uh, mm-hmm. her before and after picture of being to college. She was this nice young girl. And then you see her, her, uh, um, oh, geez, what do they call it? Well, when she was arrested for the violent protest that she oh, was. All right, her mugshot. <laughs> yeah, her mugshot. Thank you. It wouldn't come to my mind. So you can yeah. see this nice little girl going into college, and then you look at her out of college, and she's just crazy. And then they mm-hmm. call you a sociopath for not wearing a mask, right? Yeah, yeah. We're saying all lives matter. I'll tell you, no lives matter in this, under this plan. Uh, this is all, uh, so, you know, let's talk about value, human value, because uh, this is, you know, this is the plan. There's, uh, you know, these are simple ideas. There's no nuance. And, uh, and that's what's really scary, is you're not, you can't talk. This is why you're in a situation where you are, where you try to talk to your friend that you've known for years, and that you see that they cannot hear you. There's no room for nuance. There's no gray in this plan. It is black or white. And uh, that's the way it goes. So um, as far as college goes, college, now the colleges are indoctrination centers. And, but they are also something else. They are also research centers. And, um, and they, they, they do what, what they're doing um, very well. And that's uh, research. They're development R&D centers. And what they're doing right now is they're looking all over the world for people who have value, for people who can add value to the coming system. And those people are all over the world. And they, this is one reason for, you know, getting a laptop or whatever into every kid's hands because they are looking for those people. And those people will be brought into the major world universities. They're the ones who will be brought to Stanford, um, you know, to UCLA or wherever, to the research universities uh, and given a full ride. Everyone else is brought into the universities to be um, indoctrinated and to be used. So um, the social credit score of the Chinese is, you know, the, the Chinese model is a, a perfect model. It's a corporate model. This is a, uh, this is a global corporate plan. It's a public-private partnership that you see all over the universities now where they want to own innovation. They fund the universities to own the innovation. And um, so with the Chinese and the uh, social credit score, 
um, they, you know, they just made it easy where they can easily determine what your value is. Um, and, uh, and then, you know, it's, it's a really interesting, extremely interesting plan of uh, how they do their, uh, how the full integration of everything with the social credit score will work so that you can't actually, uh, not only can you not access your money if your score drops, but you can, or tr public transportation or, uh, you know, any of the services, but you can't get into your house. So, um, uh, and you're completely ostracized because anyone associating with you loses points. So this is kind of the future. And um, so with the universities, uh, determining what value is, one of the ways of determining what value is. Um, then you have, you know, you've got your cohort. You're in your cohort. You're in your tribe. You're, you're you know, you're, you're living by consensus through fear of rejection. And, uh, and then you have mob empowerment. So that's just for the, you know, those are people who are what, uh, was it Stalin called them, the uh, useful idiots? They, you know, that's just the people who get out in the street and are, you know, willing to shoot somebody in the head if they say all lives matter. Because, uh, you know, they're, they're empowered at the moment. They're the red guards of this new plan. But they're not going to last. The people who do last are the ones who actually add value. And that's probably not going to be you. Probably not. <laughs> or me, for sure. Well, I'm thinking of where to go to, uh, to wrap up this first hour. We're going to go ahead and roll into the second hour open for everyone because this is too critical of information to keep. So, um, but we are coming up. Uh, we got about 10 more minutes in this first hour. I suppose it doesn't matter. I could just ignore the the whole break and everything. I mean, just keep going. Yeah. Because uh, this is way too important. This is like the most important message people need to get right now because we have to be informed enough to be able to go down to our own city councils and, mm -hmm. and speak on this. My, my city, Greenville, South Carolina, is slated to be the first smart city in America. Mm -hmm. and I'm not mm -hmm. exactly sure what to do about that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. Um, that's good. We can get into this now and then we can come back around to, to other stuff because I know, you know, people have limited time. And um, so I want to talk about what you can do right now. And uh, I know it sounds like you can't, like there's not much you can do. Uh, first of all, let's just look at who benefits right now from the situation that we have here in uh, COVID. Um, you got no more street protests unless they're supporting the plan. Uh, you had uh, over, you know, two trillion plus another three trillion uh, pouring out of the uh, federal government. Uh, you know, more fiat money being printed. And I just want to throw in here that you do not want electronic currency, okay. so uh, be, which can be tracked. You know, I don't care if you think you're. I don't care they if call you it think blockchain for a reason. Yeah, folks. right. That's you know? right. It's a chain, and it's not just blockchain for currency. But we can talk about that uh, later. But um, so, you know, you mentioned your city council and one of the things that you're going to see now is that there are no in-person government meetings, mm. uh, even the house of representatives, remote voting. Um, you know, so you're one of the reasons why things are looking the way that they are right now is because, uh, most of us right now that are alive right now, uh, 
weren't weren't old enough in the 1950s to go to a city council meeting, but our parents did, and they actually did. They actually went to the city council meeting pretty regularly, and they they were involved in what was going on in their town, and they were aware of what was going on in their town, and and they they wanted to make their voices heard. And back in those days, there were five local papers, probably three dailies, and two. Uh, evening papers and people knew what was going on but now uh, we definitely do not know what's going on and you haven't been going to your city council meetings I know you haven't uh, because you kind of thought it didn't matter you don't even know where they meet you have no interest in it or whatever you think civics is boring or whatever you're too busy looking at whatever you're watching it's kind of scary you know it's well that's not scary your city council meetings not scary your city council this is like some, there's some parade going down my street. Yeah, I don't a little jazz going on behind. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, a, right. It's a, I'm 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 in uh, Mexico. Um, so uh, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, right. uh, yeah, okay, cool. The um, so what's happening now though is that there is no public speech. Uh, you know, this is about shutting down free speech. This is who benefits at this moment. Uh, when you know that if you actually stood up outside while there was a riot going on and you said all lives matter, that you could get shot in the head, that pretty much gives you an indicator of where things are at. Yeah. So uh, no public free speech, uh, purging and blocking the internet. Everybody's got a story about it. I have, you know, I've been shadow banned. It's pretty hard for you to find my high, um, high view videos. If you really got to look for them, you can look at my channel. Um, uh, anyone who's, uh, you know, basically the governors are becoming dictators. Um, there's a propaganda campaign to neutralize and convert anyone who uh, asks questions at this point. Yes. And uh, all the schools are closed. All the uh, We're reimagining education. That's Bill Gates with his, you know, computer stuff. That's all about uh, full direct instruction means nothing coming between the computer and the child. So uh, what can we do about all of this? You know, um, you know, first of all, one very big thing we can do is don't give your DNA to Google, please. When you, draw, when you spit in a cup and give it to 23andMe, that's the uh, ex-wife of Sergey Brin, uh, who owns 23andMe, and that's a collection of your DNA, and they keep that. Um, uh, so you don't want to do that. You want to be visible. You want to be vocal. You want to stand up and say, you know, what if you did stand up and say all lives matter? Do you think you could? Do you have the nerve? I don't know. Uh, could you put a poster in your car window that says obey with a big red circle and a line through it? Um, how about uh, flyering? We have flyers on our website. And this sounds like it's so low tech and so ineffective, but we have stopped many things with flyers. Uh, we, with 7,000 flyers, we stopped an incredibly intrusive plan at our, in our city that was going to uh, be able to actually inspect our buildings, our homes, from the basement to the attic without our consent. So uh, we have flyers on our websites. You can print out, get up in the morning, go do your jog, and uh, drop 100 flyers on doorsteps every single morning. Go to a different area of town and drop those flyers. Um, patronize brick and mortar. Don't buy on the internet. Yeah, you can save a couple bucks. Go to the stores and tell them that you don't like wearing that rag on your face uh, if you don't. Um, you want to communicate by mail. Try that. Try getting back to a few things that where you can really experience slowing down your life and right. having some quality to it. 
and not being as distracted. I suggest you read. Uh, you certainly read my book, which is a great book, I have to say. Um, and uh, it's called Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. And there's 20 pages in the back of it on all kinds of really fun things that you can do. You don't have to, you know, drop your entire life to become active. You can do 15 minutes a day of something. But it's certainly 15 minutes a day more than what you're doing now because I tell you that clicking a like is not activism. It is nothing. So, uh, and passing, you know, it's great to watch videos. I, I do encourage that, but it's, a, it's the first step. Right. Awareness is the first step in the resistance. Action is the second step. And you are the resistance if you're listening to me right now. That is the truth. I'll tell you, Rosa, I, I experienced one moment of this uh, way back when. Uh, I was working at a restaurant probably in the 90s because uh, I guess my last job was 1999. Um, and someone at the restaurant worked at a hospital. A nurse came into the restaurant and said, we all must receive a vaccine or leave. And I was put in that position. Do I take this shot or do I change my entire existence? My whole life will, you know, I'll have to go out job hunting and all that crap again. And I took the shot. And I'm so upset with myself <laughs> for mm. allowing that to happen. Was uh, it a flu shot or something or what? I don't even know. Mm. I have no idea. It could have been tuberculosis, something she mm. may or may not have come in contact with while mm. at working at a hospital and then coming to work at the restaurant. Mm. And they came in and they gave us all inoculations right there in the restaurant. It was either take it or quit. And mm. I wish I'd quit. I really do. Uh, Interesting. Yeah, you know, uh, when my mother was dying uh, in the hospital um, back in 2003, uh, I went, you know, of course, I, I went to see her all the time. And I went, so I went in to see, I went to see her, went to the hospital. And they said, you can't see her unless you get a flu shot. And, you know, got to go down to the basement for that flu shot. And I knew I wasn't going to take that shot. And I'm, so I'm going down in the elevator and I'm thinking, I wonder what I'm going to do because I know I'm not taking this shot. And I walked into the, uh, the area and there was a trash can right there <laughs> and it had a whole bunch of receipts. Uh, and I just picked up one and went back upstairs and handed it to the nurse and went in and saw my mother. And, um, uh, but, you know, this is the concern, I think, for, uh, for the vaccine that's coming. Uh, that in fact Moderna apparently has now, amazingly enough, right. uh, that, you know, we don't know, uh, we don't know what's in that vaccine and uh, who, you know, we don't have any way to know uh, if we're being, you know, inoculated with nanotechnology or with something else. Uh, we really don't know. And I think that at this point, um, the resistance movement is definitely, we're in a race right now. The fact that you can see the plan and that you, you know, that a lot of people, I don't like to use the term waking up, but a lot of people, uh, their awareness is being sharpened. They're and questioning. They're, they're questioning. And they're, they're actually not as afraid to look at what the answers could be. This is a very dangerous time for the, uh, you know, the, the global controllers. Because uh, I think, now this is my opinion, uh, I think they've, as they always do, they have pushed it too fast 
Right. And I, I think that they're, you know, I don't think they're going to be able to, to do it all, all the way. I mean, this is a big, it's a big deal. It's a big plan to bring down the developed nations. The United States is a huge plum to bring down and um, universal basic income is part of this. Uh, you have, uh, you know, I'll talk about different movements uh, in a minute, but um, it's not easy to, to break the nation state. And, and I keep talking about the nation state. I really want people to understand, you know, this is from the 1648 um, Westphalia Treaty, that basically uh, the, pur the purpose of the nation state was to give a lot of the existing kings and, you know, power, power dudes um, uh, uh, some breathing space and said, okay, you know, we, we recognize your borders. We all recognize each other's borders. And we agree that we're not going to go and mess around with each other's borders, you know. Uh, there were disputes on, on different border areas, but primarily the interior of the nation was not going to be, you, you wanted to kill all your, your uh, you wanted to go in there and kill all your, your population. That was your business. The nation state had power. And uh, so, but bringing it into the modern age, the nation state uh, it actually empowers the individual. It should be that where the nation state uh, is representative government. And that's the, goal, of course, of all free people is to, um, you know, you don't want to have to spend all your time work, worrying about different, you know, agreements and treaties and stuff. You want to go to the grocery store and do your gig and whatever you're doing. That's why you have representative government. Um, that's why you elect these representatives so they will represent you. Well, they do not represent you, and that is your fault. So um, now they represent the corporations that buy them and run this. And this is a corporate plan. It's a mega corporate plan that is in the process of, of unifying to a single body. And, and if I can just keep running on here for a minute. Um, please. Is that okay? Yes, yeah, okay. So <clears throat> I want to talk about the corporations for a sec because that's so important. Um, I agree. And yeah. So, uh, all right. So let's just look at this. Now, I, I, I said, you know, globalization is the standardization of all systems. And, uh, and, you know, that's, that's a nice little uh, factoid. And when you really give it some thought, uh, you think to yourself, well, hmm, all systems. Okay, so uh, what are systems? They're, you know, the legal system, the educational system, the uh, healthcare system, um, and the, uh, you know, um, what else do I want to say? Uh, every system, everything's a system right now. So uh, corporations want to be, they don't want to have to, have any impediments to moving goods or workers across borders. They don't want borders. Borders just get in the way. And uh, they don't want any borders. They don't want internal borders within countries, and they don't want exterior boundaries and borders either. Because what happens is the corporation then has to adjust its um, how it does business depending on where it is and where it's trading and where it's moving goods, and where it's producing goods, and where it's sourcing uh, um, uh, workers. So they don't, you know, obviously that costs money uh, to have all those different systems. It's not, it's, not, uh, it's not efficient. And this plan, if you're gonna think about this plan in any way at all, think about it in terms of efficiency. The most efficient number is one. This plan is designed to be for maximum efficiency and maximum uh, ease for total and full control. 
So corporations want to be able to move goods. They want to be able to uh, uh, produce stuff and they want to be able to uh, open up new markets. So the plan, Agenda 21, is about equalizing the economies of the world. It's about, uh, you know, the nation state is just an impediment. It's about uh, tr transferring data and money from the more developed nations to the lesser developed nations in order to, uh, of course, track and control and surveil everything. And, of course, uh, you know, so the wonks can do all of their data uh, statistical analysis, but also so that new uh, markets can be opened up so that goods can be sold to those millions and billions of people who previously were living in favelas and, you know, trash heaps and whatever all over the world. Let's get them some money and get them a little independence so that they can buy our stuff that they're going to be making. The Chinese model is a perfect one where you have the single building where you live upstairs and you work in the factory down below and uh, where they had to put up nets because people were trying to kill themselves or killing themselves by jumping out windows. So, you know, you have, no autonomy, anything that, any free speech, any autonomy, any independence is a threat to this plan. You can see that. So uh, the plan is designed for, for uh, you know, to eliminate your ability to be independent and to be free. And this is, about, this is what globalization really is. And uh, it wasn't possible before full technology. All uh, world leaders, all world Dictators have always wanted the capability that is is in the hands of you know of, of people who are running the tech the technological super state at this point. We just haven't. We still have the shell um, of our of our nation state and our individual municipalities. The plan uh, is designed to be global, regional, and neighborhood, and it comes right down into your neighborhood with your neighborhood associations, which have been co-opted and taken over. And you'll have your um, whoever's running your neighborhood, uh, and that might be you. Whoever's running your neighborhood has been manipulated to support this plan. So you'll have uh, you know data sharing where you're actually you know you think you're just sharing your tomatoes, but you've actually got a map out there in your town in your neighborhood association that shows who lives where, what your contact information is, what uh, what it is that you do, what how can you help the neighbors. You've filled out your um, asset-based community development uh, um, questionnaire that basically maps you as an asset in your neighborhood. So this is a plan. It's global, regional, and neighborhood. You do not vote for any of those. Those are all not representational. And that's the way, this is, that's the way it's implemented. That's how they can say that you're a conspiracy theorist because we don't see Agenda 21 here. But you do see it if you know what it's called. Absolutely. And we can see the global financial reset happening right before our eyes mm -hmm. as the mom and pop businesses are forced to shut down for however long it's been now. And mm -hmm. uh, they're, they're not going to recover. And I mean, I can't believe that more people aren't panicked about the fact that 50 million people are out of work in America uh, and they don't seem to realize there's got to be a major financial reset due to this. There's no way that anything else could happen. I, it just it, it shocks me that the more people aren't worried about it. Yes, you know, small business uh, is really a threat because it's the it's the way that people can to, can be independent, and uh, it's 
creation of uh, capital, capitalism, you know, pure capitalism, I guess you might call it, uh, where people are actually independent, able to, you know, to have an idea, develop it, bring it to market and, and, and succeed or fail, you know, based on the merits of that plan, whatever it is that they have. Um, so they're a danger to the corporate state. And, uh, and in fact, they're not just a danger to that. When you have independent people, uh, people who are able to support themselves, people who are able to um, buy a home and, or you know, whatever they want to do with their money, um, they're a threat. Now, as I said at the beginning, at the top, Agenda 21 is an inventory and control plan. And one of the things that uh, is, is controlled is the means of production and all construction. So uh, government controlling the means of production and housing is, is a real danger. I mean, you don't want that, okay? Socialized housing, uh, okay, I can see buildings, you know, some houses, you know, I mean, you can see what, uh, was it Cabrini Green or whatever, you know, those places that got built in Chicago and turned into total slums and nightmares during the Great Society. Um, but yeah, you can make those things look nice. You can build tiny houses for homeless people. You can have, uh, you know, single room occupancy or whatever. But um, really what the plan is, is to move you into that. And uh, so if you've got your own money and you've got your own house, your single family residence out on some land, you're a threat to this plan. And you need to be moved off of that, out of the suburban areas and into those high density city centers. And right now they are engaged in constructing the uh, hardscape for your future poverty. So they use, and you know, the plan uh, basically as Ted Turner said, um, the problem with the planet is that there's too many people using up too much stuff. And I, I always like to mention that Ted Turner has five kids and I don't know how many, 11 million acres or something like that. Yeah, in a castle, biggest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, one of the biggest landowners in the United States, but in the world probably. But, uh, you know, these guys, hip, hypocrisy is, you know, completely... I mean, they have no sense of humor and okay, we could spend hypocrisy. The whole show talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, okay. So the thing is, is that the real deal is to, you know, get you off of that stuff and get you into a small smart growth unit in the center of town where, you know, you can put on your virtual reality headset in your, you know, 250 square foot unit. And that uh, was paid for with your property taxes or your transportation taxes. And, uh, and you'll just, you know, spend your life in there. So I know you don't believe me. You don't think that's possible. You're sitting right now in your three-bedroom, two-bath house. You've got two cars in the garage, and you've got food in the fridge, and you think this is, you know, okay, it's interesting, but you're not really going to be that worried about it. But um, I'll tell you that around the world, uh, in Europe and in other places, if you have more than one bathroom in your house, that's more than you can use in a, at a time. That's too much, and we're going to move a family in there with you. Um, and this is, you know, you think that you've got, you know, there's a really nice place. You've got plenty of space. You're comfortable, but that home that you're in is a place where you can have privacy and that is not acceptable. You can have a private backyard. Smart growth housing is in fact, high density. It's built, uh, in the center of your town with a lot of times your redevelopment dollars or your property tax dollars or your transportation tax dollars, uh, or infrastructure finance district money that is given to a private developer that partners with your city in a public-private partnership. And that stuff looks like uh, those buildings that got built in your town not that long ago that are condos on top of that ground floor retail that's going dark right now. 
And that stuff, you know, it all looks the same. I'm going to describe it to you. You tell me if this looks like your town. It's ground floor retail built right to the edge of the sidewalk. The, that ground floor retail is about 12 feet high, plate glass windows across the front, extra wide sidewalk for those bistro tables. And then up above, you've got apartments or condos, two or three or more stories of, of apartments uh, above the shops. And then there's access through an alley to the uh, parking for less than one car per unit. And then out in front, you've got your street, which is uh, uh, actually used to be four lanes, but now it's gone on a road diet, and it's only one lane in each direction with a median strip with some trees and flowers. And you've got a bike lane on either side of the street. Now all of your deliveries, all of your traffic, all of your transportation, all of, you know everything is going through one lane. Uh, you've got your bulb out so you're, you can cross at the crosswalks, and that slows traffic. And you're talking about, you were talking to me about, uh, you mentioned uh, the fires in California. Paradise, California was burned to the ground. That is a, in a uh, very rural wooded area. And they had recently done a, um, a smart growth road diet uh, design there where they shrank the downtown main road to uh, uh, make it so that, you know, it would be pedestrian friendly and real pretty. And they blocked a lot. That was one of the reasons why a lot of people died there. They couldn't get through. They couldn't get out because mm. they only had one lane in each direction. So that's, you know, this is kind of the design for your, They're also you know, painted in these drab colors of yeah. tan and green. And they have no, the art is this god awful. So they don't want any inspiration there either. No, it's, this is, you know, this is the hardscape for your future poverty. And I, I actually like to talk about, um, you know, besides the new normal, you've got the new poverty. And uh, because the plan, Agenda 21, it is a real plan, real thing. <laughs> and it's, uh, there's three pillars to it. They, they're very serious about themselves. There's three pillars, economy, ecology, and social equity. And that's why you, with your three-bedroom, two-bath house out in the suburbs, you're, that's you know, that's why you're a racist and that's why there's no social equity because you're living out there in that nice little house with, you know, you could have Hispanic neighbors, black neighbors, doesn't matter. They're, you're all racist because you're out there living on that uh, property that's, you know, uh, too big for you. It's socially inequ inequitable and it's the fault of anyone who has money. So uh, the idea then is to, uh, you know, to reduce you to a point where you can't live out there where you have to uh, move into government subsidized housing and uh, the new poverty, you'll see that in your clothing. If you wear, if you have, raise your hand, if you're wearing or have in your closet, a pair of jeans with holes in them that you bought like that. Welcome to dystopia. Uh, that's right. You're wearing your future poverty. You can't tell a hipster from a street person in a lot of places. And yep. this is by design. It's by design. It's purposeful. So uh, this is, you know, it's, it's anti, the plan is anti-individual, anti-success. It's designed to destroy your mental health and then to track you. So when you're a child and you have mental health issues, that mental health stuff is going to follow you for the rest of your life. Um, so, go ahead. In the situation now where they're uh, BLM, defund the police, let's get... Mm -hmm. uh, Let's get, they were saying, well, why are we sending a man with a gun to somebody who might have a mental problem? They don't know how to deal with it. 
So all of a sudden, as I started to kind of compute what could happen as they start to bring in social workers instead of, you know, psychologists instead of police, uh, this gives a lot of power to those 911 operators to determine which, uh, if you're going to get the psychologist or the gun. Mm -hmm. You know, that's true. And also, I'll tell you what else it does. Um, I think most, uh, many of the police officers who are killed uh, are killed responding to um, domestic violence uh, calls. Right. And uh, so uh, if you're, you know, if you think that a social worker going out there is going to be the answer, uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I they think don't that have a gun. A people, <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of people out there who are not competent to handle an emergency situation. And um, forgive me for saying this, uh, but I think a lot of people who are, and, you know, I probably shouldn't even say this, and I know I'm going to get some blowback for it, but, you know, a lot of people who go into social work are there because they have had issues themselves and they right. wanted to understand them better and they, you know, and they're, they're working on their own stuff and good for them. You know, I don't have any problem with that, but those aren't necessarily the people who you want going out and responding to an emergency situation. The other thing that's wrong with it is uh, let's just take, take it, dial it back from the, the police response thing and take it into the schools, for example, where you have uh, people, you know, who call themselves psychologists or sociologists who can actually recommend that a child be taken away from their parents. Now, some right. kids are getting beat up and they really do need to get out. There's no question about that. I'm not saying that isn't the case. But you might have children who um, are encouraged to think about themselves as transgender uh, and I am gay, by the way. I'm, I'm a lesbian. I'm married to my wife. And, uh, you know, I have all the liberal cred you ever want to see going back to the Vietnam War. But um, this kind of thing where you're, uh, you're, you literally can't open your mouth because you don't know how, how to address someone. You're intimidated by, uh, by someone who is calling themselves a woman and telling you that you have to be a cis woman rather than a woman. Um, someone who, you know, so, and the sports, uh, our sports situation is, is, mm. you know, in the schools, our children are being uh, told that, yeah, if you like to dress up, if you're a girl and you want to play sports and dress like a boy, that you're a boy. I mean, what I, I would say the whole entire lesbian, every lesbian in the world should be against that. Uh, you know, I mean, it, my wife, who was uh, a general contractor, um, you know, I asked her, I said, if you had been given the option at the age of nine to be a boy, would you have done it? And she said, oh, absolutely. No question about it. And I said, do you think you, yes, you think you'd like that now? She said, no, of course not. You know, but these, so children are being, this is, right. this is one thing that sustainable development goals of Agenda 21 and Agenda 2030 are. They empower children. Now, children are children. And you don't necessarily want to empower a child in this way. And this is what you see with uh, Black Lives Matter and uh, and rioting in the streets and children who are demanding that their teachers be fired and that school administrators be removed because they have been trained this way. This is what happens when you train people in the Agenda 21 model to actually when you empower them with with when they are uh, actually not able to think clearly and when they're being encouraged not to think. This is the result. So. You know, I put, maybe I went far afield there, but I'll tell you the gender, the gender issue is part of Agenda 21 because yes. it's a disrupt model. It is a disrupt and transform model. Anything that reinvents, reimagines, these are all key words. This is all 
code and jargon for destroying the existing system. And Mao, Mao Zedong, knew exactly what he was doing when he uh, empowered, you know, when he killed, basically allowed the death and murder of uh, six to some 60 million Chinese people during uh, the uh, Cultural Revolution, the Great Leap Forward, because he was destroying the old way. He was willing to have millions and millions of people be destroyed. And of course, fabulous artworks and all of that, because he was willing to see the old world go. And this is what mod, this is po the postmodern world. Well, it's interesting that President Trump has said, yeah, you're all losing your jobs, your restaurants and everything. Uh, but don't worry, because we're going to put all kinds of money into infrastructure. Yeah. And well, you, can go you know, get a job there. Yeah, it, that's interesting. And that's certainly been promised. Remember, shovel ready and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, it seems like the only people building infrastructure uh, are the Chinese. Right. The Chinese have the, the Belt and Road Project, which is all over the world. I'm sure you've heard of it. And of course, the Chinese uh, Chinese construction company, look that up, Chinese construction company, they have constructed a lot of stuff in the United States. And I'm not talking about like a building, I'm not talking about like a shopping center. I'm talking about government construction of major bridges in the United States, infrastructure in the U.S., uh, you know, the trans, uh, what was that? The, uh, the Trans-Texas Corridor was going to be built by the Spanish. Um, you know, but, but okay, even if that were the case, uh, you know, okay, so sometimes private uh, corporations are owned by, by governments, but what government owns them? When you have China owning a, a basically a worldwide construction company that then loans the money to these uh, countries in order for them to develop their infrastructure and then has basically control of that infrastructure, the Chinese build it and they make the loan to the country. To build, to, to the Chinese loan the country the money, and then the country gives the money back to the Chinese to build the infrastructure project. And then and pay then back the, the loan with interest. And then pay back the loan, or if they can't pay back the loan, then they do a debt exchange. Well, what do they have for collateral? Hmm. What do you have for collateral? And people, American people, my American people that I'm talking to here, and my people around the world, what do we have for collateral? What are we giving for collateral? our land, our water, our minerals, our plants, and ourselves. Without a question. So now they've rolled out the AI story. AI is going to save us from COVID. And mm -hmm. everybody's on board and ready for this next leap. I think this might be a good place to start finalizing our story here. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Artificial intelligence, um, you know, this is, uh, let me just, let me just reel this back and, I'll, and, and we will, we will go there. Um, okay, so this, so you're going to ask yourself, you know, why is this plan everywhere? It's in government, it's in university, it's in civil society. Uh, you know, am I just paranoid? No, it, it really is. This is a philosophy. It's an ideology. It's a goal to rid the planet of undesirable people. All the way back to eugenics, you know. And exactly, and that's where I want to go with this for just one minute, because in the 19th century, the European population had doubled in 100 years, and the lower classes were expanding. And not only that, but they were learning how to read. And so they were a threat. This rising population of literate people who could exchange information and possibly, uh, you know, object to being ruled over by the, uh, the the lords 
of England, they, uh, the upper classes, they, they were uh, dangerous to the existing system. So uh, there, a plan was implemented to, uh, to actually uh, rid the country and the world of these people. Well, you know, so they used, they had the, the uh, popularization of this um, was by Bertrand Russell and H.G. Wells and George Bernard Shaw and Aldous Huxley. These were the popularizers of this idea of one world government. And the reason, I'll tell you, if you want to read a fabulous, beautiful 100-page uh, book that is so elegantly expressing the need for total depopulation and one world government, take a look at The Impact of Science on Society by Bertrand Russell. Now, these guys are not just, you know, like somebody that you study in a college course. At the time that they were writing, they were popular. They were, in, they were published in the newspaper. People were reading them. They were interested. Um, and there wasn't as much distraction at that time. So they popularized this idea of one world government and a need to, to cull, the, cull the population of people who brought down the quality of the human race. And, uh, and this was, you know, this is really what eugenics is about. So if you look at that book, The Impact of Science and Society by Bertrand Russell, you're going to see that he explored the ways that the population could be reduced. Could it be reduced by war, by disease, by birth control, by, uh, you know, how could it be done? And this was, this was actually a, a really serious analysis of how this could be done. Now, the League of Nations created, uh, uh, failed, uh, didn't, didn't pull it off, but the United Nations was created in 1945. And Agenda 21 is the culmination of actually of this plan. The plan is to uh, rid the planet. You know, you were told when you read Limits to Grow that the planet has uh, exceeded its carrying capacity. You've also been told there's peak oil and a bunch of other stuff that isn't true. And um, so the, uh, you know, this is the thing. It's a, it's, this is the strategy. The path to the goal is revolution, whether it's violent revolution, like the Marxist revolution, or slow penetration, which is what the Fabian socialist model is. And that's what we're living in now. Slow penetration of the Fabian socialist model, which is a single world government and a culling of the population, reducing it to people who just have value. And what we're looking at is the tactics to make it happen. And this is what we've been experiencing over our lifetimes, is the way that it is implemented. And now we are coming into the end game. And that is why there is no place for you to hide now. This is time. It's the time for you to become active, to speak out, to share this information, to, uh, to take this on, to try and be brave, to, um, you know, to, to be vocal and visible and to learn as much about it as you can so that you don't look like you're a person who really doesn't quite know what you're talking about. You want to know what you're talking about. You want, that's why we advise you to put flyers out because you don't want to chat with people. You want to just run around, get that information out to people. You want to uh, refuse to be a first adopter, an early adopter of any of the um, of the AI or any of the uh, the hardware of 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 your future slavery. And it's not so far in the future. You don't want to adapt this technology. You don't want to adopt it. You don't want to accept it. You want to refuse it. You want to get rid of your of your smartphone. Try it daily. Try putting it in a closet or in a drawer for a few hours a day. Try. Um, 
literally try to disengage. If you're, if you're volunteering for a group, if you are giving money to a group, look at that group. Look and see who is getting that money. Are they an Agenda 21 group? Probably they are. I show you how to look for that group, how to find that group, and what to look for. Please, if you're, if you're going to participate in this, and you are, take 15 minutes of your day, that's all you need to do, and educate yourself, and then act. So if you want to see if that group is, a, uh, is participating in Agenda 21, is making Agenda 21 happen, look at our websites. And my website, my prime web's primary website is Democrats Against UN Agenda 21.com. And the reason it's called Democrats is obviously because I was a Democrat for my entire voting life. I have now left the Democrat Party, but I do keep that title because it is so incredibly unusual to have anyone on the left that will criticize, critique, and in fact acknowledge this plan. And so that's why I've retained that title, and it is very powerful. So uh, also, I'm on Twitter. My name is Rosa Corey, K-O-I-R-E. And you can find me on Twitter at Rosa Corey. And you can also find me um, and get my book. It's Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21. And it has its own website, BehindTheGreenMask.com. You can get it on Amazon, but you can also get it directly from me at BehindTheGreenMask.com. And I encourage you to do it. Amazingly enough, that is a self-published book. It is an international bestseller. You are not alone. This is a worldwide, multi-million person resistance movement. And you are now part of it. You have been part of it. A free human being is part of this resistance movement. Be active. Take this on. And you can do it. We must do it. We can do it. But we have to do it together. And we have to remain an individual, but work with others and speak out. Be brave. You can do it. So well said. It is time to say no. That's where we're at, folks. And you can do it. And I always want to inspire you to feel that feeling of what it would be like for all of us to actually change and save planet Earth, save humanity right? It's humanity that's it's being destroyed here. I mean, along with billions of animals, but that's all a part of taking care of them, humanity. And it is time for us to say no. It's time for us. Uh, I'll tell you what, Rosa, I am, I'm going to go to the flyer section. I'm going to see what I can do. Um, because as I say, I'm here at ground zero. And mm -hmm. I'm very curious as to what I can do about it. And what's really interesting is where Greenville, South Carolina is where evangelicism is born. It's where the evangelists mm. come to learn how to do what they do. So it's a, it's a different language here in speaking to the, the Christian majority. But I would think that they would see this beast system for what it is without me bringing it biblical, because I think that would just throw them over the top. You'd be surprised. You know, I actually did a, a United States tour for four years. Um, and, and, you know, from like 2012 through about 2016 or so, I, I spent uh, much of the, those years on tour. And uh, I spoke to a lot of churches uh, in the South also uh, through the Bible Belt. And um, I, uh, 
in churches, in big churches, mega churches, with, you know, pastors standing up next to me because the first thing out of my mouth was, you're not going to like this, but I am, and I tell them who I am. I'm, you know, I'm gay, I'm, I'm pro-choice, I'm a Democrat, I'm anti-war, I'm pro-gay marriage, all the things that I am that I, you know, said. And I, and I said, I know you don't like it, but you're going to be on your feet giving me a standing ovation at the end. And they nice. always did. They Every time they did because they can hear me. The people who cannot hear me are the people on the left. The, the, people, the conservative people can hear me. They get it. And we need people to be much more active. Those people are very nice. They're too nice. They don't raise their voices. They don't step out. They don't want to ruffle feathers. But that, this is, we're way past that. This is the time to be brave and step up. You know, put a poster in your car window and notice the fear you have that somebody might do something to you. Notice how far along we are when you think about speaking out. Right. And then realize that this is your last, this is it. I don't want to be, you know, I don't want to be a, an alarmist. I'm sorry. I know I sound that way, but. You know, I mean, let, I don't have to be. Look around you. Aren't you locked in your house with a rag over your face? I mean, come yes. on. You don't need me to tell you. This is the real deal. You can't go back to work. You can't eat anywhere. You can't walk around on the street. What do you think's going on here? This is so, also the most amazing opportunity we've ever had to make a difference. It really is. Yes, you are so right. And you know what? I have to thank you because independent media is incredibly powerful now. We have a phenomenal opportunity to reach each other, to share this information, and we're doing it. And everyone feels so isolated now, but we are not alone. You are part of a huge movement that is not reported on by the mainstream press. But don't be fooled. People everywhere are getting out there and talking to each other about this and putting out flyers. And I mean, millions and millions of flyers, they're translated into different languages. And you know what, if you don't like my flyer, make your own flyer, I don't care. You know, this is about getting information out without having to waste your Saturday arguing with some guy. You don't yes. wanna, you know, your life is limited, you know? And who cares what your brother-in-law thinks? Don't waste your time arguing with him. If you can't reach people, move on. You don't have a lot of time to waste. So utilize your time, you are important. You are a warrior. That is the truth, folks. And I, I have absolute faith in you because I've met so many of you and I know who you are. And it's so great to know that this is global and that there's people all over the planet uh, that are feeling exactly like this. I tell you, Rosa, I thought uh, when, when things, you know, when, when, the, when it hit the fan like it did, that I would run to South or Central America um, would you recommend things like that to people at all? Do you, do you find that, uh, you can escape or should you, you know? Yeah. You you, well, you know, I, I do, you know, I get, I get constant, uh, requests for consultation and, you know, I, I mean, I, I do actually assist people, uh, uh, you know, in looking at places that they're considering and I, I look to see what the plans are and who the sheriff is, and, you know, analyze that. The, you know, the water situation and access and all that. But I think what's really important is to stay where you are. I personally, um, I'm, I, I do live part of the year in Mexico. I have lived part of the year in Mexico for 40 years. Um, I, I have a, a, a place that I live, but 
I think what's really important, uh, and I also live in the United States, and I think um, it's very important to stay where you are and work where you are because that's, you know, if you know any people, some of those people know you and actually can hear you and work with you and listen right. to you. And also, uh, you know, you think you're going to run off to Montana and a lot of those people in Montana don't want you because you're going <laughs> to raise the property tax. You're going to raise the cost of property there. You don't know what you're doing. And you're just in the way. But not to say that you can't go out there and not to say you can't be independent, but, uh, you know, there's a lot that goes with it. And the idea of running, of course, we want to run. Certainly we do. It's natural. But, you know, at a certain point, hey, at a certain point, you stand and fight. And really, uh, no one's holding a gun to your head at this point. This is your moment to stand and fight, to stand up and say, you know what, I see this happening here. And I refuse to cooperate. I will not collaborate with this plan. I am not going to volunteer my time for your group. I will not pay my dues. I, will, I am resigning. I am not paying for this magazine, this newspaper, this newsletter. I am not buying this book. I am not doing. I am refusing to use my iPhone. I am not participating in this plan. That's where we need to go now. And you know what? I have so much love in my heart for everyone. I really do, because we are going to be able to do this, but we have to do it together. And yes. I'm sorry, excuse me for, for crying. I didn't think I would do that. But, you know, I, honestly, this is a really serious moment. And um, it's the you biggest. need to commit yourself. Don't go thinking you're going to go in a hidey hole, because it's not going to happen. Not it's with bubonic squirrels, folks. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, Rosa folks, uh, this has been a message of power, and I have not had goosebumps on the show for quite some time. So thank you. I feel you. I love you. And I hear you loud and clear. And I know everyone else is too. So uh, thank, thank the members, folks, as well, for supporting these efforts so that this independent media can keep going. And come on over and become a member. Support all the independent media. They're all being demonetized. Everyone needs your help. And we're at a point where minimum effort makes maximum input. That's, that's the true beauty of where we're at right now, is so you can do so little and make such a major impact that minimum input, maximum output should be our, our true understanding of the 21st century. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, there, there was a guy who said, I need beer money, and he accidentally made a million dollars. Okay, uh, that's, that's how simple it is. That's where we're at. We can move our energy to where we need it to go, and we've never had this power before. You know, we, Rosa and I, and others of our uh, age have lived the, the, the both sides of this World Wide Web, both sides of this computer-generated reality, and we, we know what it was like before and how wonderful and beautiful life was and how, you know, you were saying in the beginning to slow down, write a letter. Mm -hmm. Uh, we, you know, you guys don't know the anxiety that you're under due to this current uh, constant barrage of information that you're receiving. So you need to limit what you receive, take in the hard data, take in this good information and then utilize it because it is time for us to not consent. It is time to say no. And uh, it, you know, there's never been a more amazing time to be alive. So realize that that's where you're at, that this is the moment that humanity, you know, it's biblical, folks. It's just <laughs> there. So, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, it, that's it. Here we are. And let's be 
let's be where we are and let's 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 go get up now look in the mirror and look into your own eyes and say it's on me i'm going to take this on and yeah i'm going to do 15 minutes a day and i think i can alone. commit that and i'm not alone and i'm going to find some really fabulous cool friends and i'm going to actually you know take some shit too but i'm going to have i'm going to have a good time i'm going to live my life with joy and i'm going to participate in my own liberty Ah, the other really most important part. Thing. We can't create a positive future with a negative attitude. Mm -hmm. That yeah. is so important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but you know, it's okay to feel everything you feel, but re make Certainly. sure that you, uh, you, you know, that you don't let it overwhelm you. Just try and be strong. And whenever you, whenever you kind of start, you know, feeling weak, you know, just remember that you're not alone. That you're out there with everybody else, and we're all dealing with it, and we're all doing the thing, everything that we can to to bring back and to reinstate our liberty and uh, we need to imagine what that looks like and then strategize how to get there we've got your back all right all right well i always have to thank steve mercer for bringing me the wonderful guest that he does if you have guest suggestions or any comments about the show please write to producer steve at freemantv.com and you can always write to me as well, freeman at freemantv.com. And I hope you'll come over to freemantv.com and subscribe and help sponsor independent media in any way, shape, form you can. Share it, do everything we can. So um, I, I got to thank you all for the many years of supporting these efforts and keeping this show going and keeping this important message coming out to the world. So now share it, get it out as far and wide as you can. Take all my YouTube videos, download them, upload them, put them everywhere you can, spread them like weeds. I don't want any of it. I don't control any of it. I just pay for it to keep it live and free here for you. So uh, that's where the mon member money goes. Just keep this alive and keep it going. So thank you, producers, for keeping this show going. Thank you, Rosa Cor, for coming and giving us this time. It's amazing. I hope we don't end up on high islands of human habitation. I hope your words really make a message, and I hope everyone will go out and pick up a copy of the uh, Behind the Green Mask, UN Agenda 21, and get over to DemocratsAgainstUNAgenda21.com to get all your data and to get out those flyers and let's go ahead and God, how important that statement was you made. How afraid are we now to speak out when people are shooting you in the head? It's to that point, folks. And, but yet all of us together, unified, that's the difference. Uh, one person alone, an island is, is nothing and can do nothing. But all of us together, we will do this. I know we will. So thank you all, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.